Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from, from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the chameleon. <laughs> welcome aboard and on with the show. <laughs> Oh, you can tell I'm excited, Griff. I'm stumbling over my words. It's a special edition. A special edition. Another one. You gotta love um, a special edition. I, I love a special edition. Um, I don't know why. It's just something when I hear those words, I just get really excited. Um, and I'm excited right now. Um, today's Tuesday. We normally uh, we normally record on a Wednesday, but because it's a special edition, we're on Tuesday. And why is it a special edition today, Graham? Well, we've got the State of Origin coming up tomorrow, Griffo. We've <coughs> got um, our preview of the State of Origin happening today. As you said, it's Tuesday. So we're recording, um, well, we're just over 24 hours from the uh, the State of Origin. And we also thought we'd have a bit of a uh, special edition so that we could have a chat about uh, some news that came out uh, probably about a week ago now. Uh, that was reported, and that's the top 100 paid players. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. Uh, get get uh, Griffo and my thoughts on um, that list, and um, obviously all the uh, latest news in regards to the state of origin. So um, look, uh, as you'll notice, Shano couldn't be with us uh, today. We're sending our best wishes to to Shano. Hopefully, he'll be back on deck for our regular podcast this week. Now. Keep in mind, because of the state of origin, we will be recording on Thursday. So that'll give us an opportunity, Griffo, to uh, do a bit of a review of the state of origin and also look forward to uh, the next round of the NRL. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to, uh, on Thursday, we're going to review round 17 as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So being a special (coughs) edition, we want to focus mainly on the state of origin tonight. So if you're holding out for... The usual review of the uh, the NRL. Uh, we'll have a chat about round seventeen uh, on Thursday's podcast, as well as um, talk a bit about Origin, and then as always, we'll preview round eighteen, which is coming up this week. Sounds good. All Sounds right. Good. good well, for special edition. Well, Griffo, for the special edition, as we said, we're going to talk State of Origin. That's going to be the main focus. But I just thought it'd be good to have a bit of a chat about this top 100 paid players. Now, uh, I don't know if all of our listeners saw this, uh, but um, it was it was very interesting. There were some certain things in this that caught our eye, some that were quite obvious. Um I just wanted to get your thoughts on a few different uh, additions to this list. Now, obviously, it came no surprise that Daily Cherry Evans is uh, is number one on the list. Uh, so for those who haven't seen it, it's a bit of a spoiler. I'll go straight to the, the top. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts, Griffo. Given that he is number one on the list, from what is being reported, he's got a salary of $1.175 million. Now... Uh, help help the fans understand because this was quite a lucrative deal at the time, and um, 
there, there was a lot of controversy around the Daily Cherry Evans, you know, contract going back to, uh, you know, contracts being signed with the Titans and so on. Yeah, <clears throat> he was um, he was on his way apparently to the Gold Coast Titans, and um, and then famously did the uh, the backflip, uh, and it was. He was uh, very harshly criticised um, from Queensland about that backflip at the time. Um, but he was <coughs> he was given a huge contract by the Sea Eagles on a long-term deal. And, I mean... He had uh, won competitions with the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Um, yeah, we've got to put this into context, were... don't we? Like, you know, at the time and so on and so forth. This is a long time oh, Absolutely. Deal. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, he, uh, he knocked them back because he got a better offer. I mean, yes, that was true. But he got a better offer from the team he was already playing with. Um, and, you know the only NRL team that he'd been part of. So I thought the criticism was, was a little bit unjust. Um, you tell me who would have knocked back that offer. Like yeah, we're I, talking, I think it was a 10 year deal for astronomical money. Uh, I, I I had no problem with him uh, signing that deal. I, <coughs> I, I'll be honest, and, and I'll say that I don't think he's worth that sort of money. But I, for one, cannot possibly begrudge him um, that money because the club was... You know, the club was willing to put the money up and um, who else would have knocked it back? Like, yeah. it was astronomical, astronomical money. And um, I, I can't be critical of him for, for accepting that deal. Again, I, I don't, I think he's highly overpaid. Um, he's a good, he's a good front runner, but um to, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, he's getting 1.175 million. That's a bloody lot of money. That's a um, lot of money. He could buy a house in Sydney. Yeah. every year. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I he could. Yeah, um, and I dare say he's probably. You I know, hope he's, he's invested. His family is yeah. set up for life. Like yeah. So, um, you know, if we, I don't know whether we're keeping a tally, Graham. Or, who's overpaid, who's underpaid, but um, he's overpaid, but good luck to him. Yeah, and look, so talking of overpaid, we've got we've got these players, and some of the other players, I think, that fall into this category of, look, if I was them, um, I'd take the money, but, you know, I'm not sure if they're, they're, they're deserving of being up in that top, uh, upper echelon is, you know, we look at number two, Ben Hunt. I mean, he's on similar money. And we all know too that he's had this um, this contract that's that, that's huge. 
what I'm not, I don't want to piece through this and say, oh, look, you know, this bloke's overrated, this bloke's underrated, but does this come down to the fact a little bit, take St. George, for example, you know, if you're a St. George fan, are you saying, look, we haven't been managing our money really well because we've got a bloke like Ben Hunt on so much money. And I also, I will be honest with you, I think it has actually influenced his addition to the side and, you know, when he's out of form, so on and so forth. Look, again, <clears throat> I don't think he's worth $1.1 million. He's He's a good player. He's a very good player. But if the club, again, says, well, look, this is what we're going to pay you. Yeah. Again, who would have knocked him? Who would have knocked that back? Yeah, no, uh, definitely. You, you've got to take into account what someone else was willing to pay him. Now, I've no idea what the Broncos were willing to pay him or anyone else for that matter. But at 1.1 million, I've got him as being overpaid. But um, to be fair to Ben Hunt, (coughs) I think he's been playing really well this year. Um, And uh, he's leading that team quite well. And they're a top eight side, largely. because of what he's done for them. So, uh, again, I've got him in the overpaid category, but it's not, he's not underperforming. Um, he's not, you know, yeah, I still think he's, he's getting more than, than what he's worth, but good luck to him. Look, one thing I wanted to point out, I'm not going to go through every player's salary and that. Obviously, there's some players at the top end of the list and um, we'd, we'd consider them the, the best in the world. I mean... James Tedesco is there at number three. I think that's fair enough. Trebojevic, four. Fafida, we know, has got that big contract. He's at five. Munster at six. Then you've got two of us, Ashek, Ponga, Reynolds. Ash Taylor might be in that category, though. He's at number 10. Um, and then you've got, you know, a few players like your Milford Morgan. We've talked over the years on the podcast about Anthony Milford, Ash Taylor, the money they're getting. It was no surprise to us that they're at the top of the list. Um... I'm not only saying this because... I'm not just saying this because you're a Penrith fan, Griffo. I, I want to point out a few players and their position on the um, on this top 100 to give you an indication of how Penrith's managing things. Now, there are teams here that have multiple players high up on the list and aren't necessarily performing. Whereas you see a team like Penrith, I really think they've done well with their salary cap and the balance they've got of young players and highly paid uh, individuals. Obviously, you've got their highest paid player is going to be Nathan Cleary. Um, they're reporting he's on, you know, just over $900,000. Uh, but as, as I go through the list, I work my way from number one backwards. Uh, you don't see many Penrith players on the list. I mean, to give you an idea, uh, Viliame Kikau, he's number 67. Uh, then I've also got to go back uh, well into the list to find another Penrith player. The only other Penrith player, and I hope that I haven't missed one, that I can find in the top 100 is Api Corusau. So when I look at that top 100 players that have been listed, we've got one Penrith player in at 11th, obviously Nathan Cleary, uh, but then arguably... Their next uh, couple of best players in uh, Kickout and Coruscant, 67 and 95 respectively. 
Does that tell you that uh, you can't really base the uh, the quality of a team on what their players are are earning? Uh, yeah, it says, it says a few things, Graham. Um, <clears throat> Penrith had a policy, I believe, that they would not pay overs for the players. Um, and hence, we don't see too many of them, as you mentioned, in the top 100. I know last year they didn't have too many in the top 100 either, but they had a lot that were just outside. Um, the likes yeah. of Dean Fare, uh, Josh Mansour, they were around the 400,000 or a bit more than that mark, just outside the top 100. And they moved those guys on. Um do you want to, I don't want to cut you off, but do you want to know something interesting? Josh Mansour comes in at number 99 with his South Sydney contract on this list, so that really says a lot about how Penrith are managing things. Yeah, and I, I would assume that Penrith might have to kick in a bit of what he's on, um, but uh, just for the one year, I think, because he only had one year left with Panthers. Mm, but he's... he's uh... Keep in mind, uh, he, he's well and truly uh, a reserve grade player this year. At oh, South absolutely! Mm, so he would have been a reserve grade player if he had played. And, and Penrith were willing to to pay him, but they told him that you know his his position in first grade isn't really there. Yeah, and they were upfront about that, and I think it's good management. Um, look. Josh Mansour, and you know him, you've, you've been involved with him. He's a fantastic guy. Lovely boy. And a, good, a really good clubman, a good guy to have around the club. But his form doesn't warrant him to be in the top 100 paid players. He can't even make the Rabbitohs team. And he wouldn't have made the Panthers team. But good luck to him. He's, he's earning an income for himself and his family. Can't take that away from him. Um, just getting back to Penrith, I think when we look at the, the next year's list, we're going to see it's quite different mm. because they've had to change, I guess, the, their philosophy and they've had to up the contracts of a number of key players to keep them. Um, and also, too, with Origin, that would be <coughs> a pay rise and so on and so forth and... Yeah, but yeah, like we just saw last week where James Fisher-Harris signed a four-year deal uh, reportedly, I think, around about 800000 a year. Now, he's worth that in his current form. He's, you know, one of the best props in the game. Um, they did agree, and, and I, I don't think, when I look through the list, I don't think uh, Steve Crichton was on that list. So no, going, I can't see him. No. no, but again, he re-signed for a, a hefty contract. They originally agreed on a handshake deal, I think was 500000 and then he got a new manager. And uh, I don't know, reportedly it was around about 750000 Now, that manager has, has done a really good deal for, for Stephen Crichton. Um not so good for the Panthers because he's his level of performance is certainly nowhere near that price tag. Talented player that he is, 
Um, but again, it's it's whatever someone's going to pay you. That's what you're worth. Um, I don't know. I don't think Jerome Luai is on that list either. But again, Anaze Yo, there are a couple of other players. Next contract. During, yeah, they've, yeah, they re-signed. Um, so we're going to see that um, it's going to be really difficult for Penrith, I guess, to keep the guys that aren't their top top players because <clears throat> there's just not be enough salary cap to go around. And the players that might have been getting, you know, you might have had a lot of players on, say, 300, 350. Um, they're the sorts of guys, if they go, you know, they're going to have to go elsewhere. They want to continue to earn that money. Um, we also did see a big clean out of a few players like Gus Gould, when he was in charge, signed to long-term big money contracts, Wonga Blake and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. And the form of both those guys waned. Um, and Penrith uh, put them on the market. Both of them ended up at Para with uh, Penrith kicking in some money. Now, um, I'm not sure how long they had to do that for, but uh, we know that RCG is on this list uh, and he's uh, quite well paid. Um, it's a balancing act for every club. And uh, we know that some clubs, they're completely unbalanced. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned some of those un unbalanced clubs. I'm, I'm just looking through the list and I don't have specific tallies, but... I'm looking at the, you know, the physical thing that was in the paper and I'm just sort of flicking through and just taking note of some of the, um, the teams that I see come up quite frequently. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily seeing the top teams. I mean, when we're talking top teams, we've got the Storm and Penrith, obviously, and we know that the Storm are going to have players on the list, but you know, you've got Munster in at number six, but then it's not until you get into the fifties where you've got, you know, Hughes, Bromwich, um, Sulfur Salomona, Kafusi's in there at uh, 66. Christian Welsh at uh, number 91. I'll tell you what, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of people that would suggest that he's a better prop than many of the players above him on the list. But I'm just going through some of the teams you see quite often come up. We know Manly, um, they've got some high-paid high uh, players. I talked about Cherry Evans, Shaboyevich. We also know that Jake Shaboyevich is on that list. Um, so they've got a few quite towards the top, and then yeah, as you absolutely. go through the list, three power. guys there that probably take up a third of their cup. Yeah, and then you got Marty Tapao in at number fifty-four. Um, the other, the other teams that are quite prominent. It, it, it's interesting because it doesn't doesn't necessarily equate to success when you've got these high-paid players. And I think it comes back to what you're saying, Griffo, that you really have to have that balance. Um, Clubs that come to mind are those like the Titans, where you've got blokes like David Fafita and Ash Taylor both in the top 10. Uh, the Cowboys, um, you know, they've got Michael Morgan on uh, quite a good deal. Obviously, Jason Tamalolo's earning great money, and um, I think deservedly so. Uh, but then as we go through, you've got teams like the Sharks. They're another team where you've got quite a few players taking up a big chunk. Uh, players, Absolutely. I mean, players in the top, in the top 30 include... You know, Moylan, Fafita, Dugan, Johnson. The Broncos. Um, Graham. Um, look, Warriors. 
I'm just uh, I'm just looking through the list, um, and that page two uh, we we talked about, um, you know, on on at the very top. There's some guys we think are overs, but I mean they're good players. But and then that second page, which goes from five through to fifteen, yeah, you'd say half of those guys. Well, some a lot of them aren't even playing. Like Milford can't make the Broncos. Ash Taylor, well, he's in and out. He's been alive a lot of injury. No, they're not re-signing him. They're, Morgan's they're, done. They're, Morgan is retired, uh, injured, but they've got to pay him. Um, <coughs> Roger, we know, is leaving uh, the Warriors, which frees up a lot of money for them. Um, Kalen Pong is on big cash, but he, he's worth it. But he's been out injured a lot. Jack Bird, he's had a good year with the Dragons, but he was on big money at the Broncos. And um, I think maybe they're chipping in a bit to his uh, deal there because yeah, I think I'll he had a few so more too. years to go. Moses is on big money, but he's worth it. Um, Adam Reynolds on big money, but you can understand why the Rabbitohs didn't want to sign him to a long-term deal. He would have got that money again next year at the Rabbitohs on a... True. Big, um, big chunk I, of I think they've made absolutely the right choice, the Rabbitohs. Obviously, Milford has been a, an abject underachiever, you know, based on his on his income. And the Broncos are not going to renew his contract. They're not even offering him a contract. In, the, in a similar way, I think Ash Taylor, uh, it would probably be his last year at the Gold Coast unless he's prepared to take a 50% pay cut. Same on the next page, Graham, which goes from 16 through to, I think, 22 there. Um, you've got Corey Norman on big cash, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, hasn't played anywhere near that. You've got Luke Keery there, number 19. And, and we know, I know he's injured, but, but he's a guy that you'd think would be a top 10 earner um, yep. on performance when he's, you know, not been injured Fafita can't make the Sharks team um, he's had his injury and suspension issues but he can't make the side and he's on uh, and it's just obscured on my screen but um, he's on so I just found Andrew Fafita is sort of in the 850 yeah, so, sorry yeah Andrew Fafita we're talking um, yeah. and that looks like 850 the same ballpark. as Moylan Moylan again at his best, he's probably worth that, but we don't see him on the field enough. Um, uh, so, Tamalolo, we know he's crucial to anything the Cowboys do. He's one of those guys who got a 10 year contract. Um, I think it was a million a year uh, on average, but uh, yeah, I he's think a it goes under that now because I think with that, goes up as you go. yeah. Um, I can't understand why you'd sign a guy to 10 years. And, 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 and on that now, we've got the talk of the Broncos wanting to sign Payne Haas on a 10-year deal, I think, for a million a year as well. Payne Haas is, is, is again, an outstanding talent, just 21 years of age. But who knows what can happen in a 10-year period? Like, why do you need to sign someone for 10 years? Yeah. I say three or four max. 
it sort of says something about the club too, to me, that in the sense that they don't think <laughs> that they can attract players. If you think you've got a, I mean, I know they're they're saying look, this guy's valuable. We want to build a team around him, but oh gee, that's it's, it's a yeah. big gamble, and you've got to wonder why you'd even need to put yourself in that kind of position. You you're locked in then, and and if it goes wrong, you you're stuffed. Um, and you I don't, don't know understand. the circumstances. The thing is, too, I mean, you look at, say, a, you know, not to change the, the, the point here, and, and, and I know that, you know, it, it all worked out in the end to a certain degree, but a Jack DeBellin, you know. Jack you, DeBellin, yeah. You look at this where you've got players. I mean, Tom Lolo could have a big injury. Exactly. Uh, never be the same again. I don't know. Look, I, and it's very interesting, too, like you mentioned the Sharks and you mentioned Moylan for feeder. Uh, Dugan and Johnson are pretty much on the same money. They're on 800000 Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But, you know, as we go through, look, there's... there's uh, I don't know... Do we know much about Matt Lodge's contract uh, now that he's changed clubs? Because I do know he I was... Think, uh, again, the um, the Broncos would be chipping in there. I think he was on... I, I, I can't say for sure what he was on, but I, I'm thinking it's seven or 800 thousand a year the report here on the um on that list is that it's 750 right. i thought That's it was big money i thought it was interesting to get, to put it in a bit of context um he's on the same money as uh valentine holmes wade graham dane gagai latrell mitchell and uh dallin watini's a lesniak oh well <laughs> well but again, like I'm looking at a page here, Graham, from 23 through to uh, Dan Gagai, which I just have to move it around a bit. 23 to 33. 33. Okay, you've got the likes of Josh Dugan, Moses Mbai. We're talking, uh, is that an eight? So the, my apologies to the listeners just having to make, yeah, they're over 800. Dugan, eight fifty. He doesn't make the Sharks team. Yeah, I mean that club. Someone's got a lot to answer for. Really. That's why you're seeing that clean out. We 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 reported. Um, it might have been earlier this year about all the players coming off contract and the fact that the Sharks are trying to do a bit of a clean out. You, you can see why they need to do a clean out. It's, yeah. it's, it's like when you get to a point in your house or whatever, and you go, "Geez, I've accumulated a bit of shit, and this stuff's a bit," you know taken up space and it's a bit expensive. I need to reevaluate things. The Sharks are doing that with their players. And I think also, Graham, I don't know if it's still this year, but they they weren't on the maximum salary cap due to some breaches. Ah, okay. Yeah. So not only are they paying these, you know, guys like Fifita and Dugan, massive overs, but they they haven't got the same salary cap as some as the other clubs. Mm. And that's where they're lucky that they've got players that would be on, um, you know, little money. Yeah, that are most playing. of their first grade team. Yeah, well, uh, the bloke that comes to mind is Co- Connor Tracy. Yeah. He's he's been in great form, and I'd imagine he'd be on um, on a minimum wage. Yeah, Clemmer, eight hundred thousand Graham yeah. hasn't lived up to that. At his best, he was worth it, but that's some time ago. Adam Fenua Blake, 850000 Now, again, he's at his best. He's worth that. But he's missed most of the year through injury for the Warriors. Campbell Gillard, 750000 I don't think he's worth that. 
Um, Luke Brooks, very controversial. Uh, 850,000. You'd have to say, well, he's had a good year. He hasn't been that good. Jack Whiten, I think he's Canberra's most uh, expensive player. He is the reigning yes, Dally yes. M player of the year, but he's had a poor year for a guy on 845,000. Jack DeBellin, 750,000. His value went up um, because the Warriors got involved in a bidding war for a guy that was not able to play. So uh, he did well. Gagai uh, on, on very good money at the Rabbitohs, and I believe um, he won't be there next year from what we're hearing. No. Um, but uh, he's a good player. I don't think he's... Not at club land, not worth that much. As good a player as he is. Um we haven't seen too many pages where you could say, oh, yeah, all these guys are, are playing to that value. Um, go on to the next page, and we see Luttrell on unders, I think, at 750000 yeah. But he wanted he, – he probably could have got more at the West Tigers, but he believed that that wasn't the place for him to be. And how right, you'd have to say, he was in rejecting their offer and going to a strong club where he has thrived um, after, you know, he went through some difficult times on and off the field. We talked about Matt Lodge there. Uh, Valentine Holmes, he hasn't played to his salary. Of course, the controversial one at the moment, without a contract, Paul Vaughan. Um, he was on... Uh, Last, or according to that, 750,000. When they talk about 800,000, he was is losing from next year. So his contract would have been uh, going up. Dallin, DWZ, comes <laughs> in at number 40. Now, reportedly, 750,000 as he was at the Bulldogs. And it's saying that his contract next year at the Warriors is going to be 800,000. Well, sorry, rise beyond eight hundred thousand. Goodness me! Now, that, now, to give him give you an idea, that puts him <coughs> that that could well put him in the top twenty five thereabouts. Like he, oh, absolutely. We're, we're talking about you know higher than players like Clint Gutherson. <laughs> I've got a confession to make, Graham. What's that, mate? I'm going to employ Dallin's manager. To find me a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair call. It wouldn't be hard to beat the salary you're getting now, mate. I've got to get Dallin's manager. Gee, that would be a special edition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I know that, look, we've got a few players there. I mean, not to go too much into some of the, um, uh, some of the, 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 the player uh, contracts, what they're making, um, there's probably a few players down the the lower end of the list that that might be good value. Um, you know, having a player like Adal Fanukan in at number seventy eight. Uh, other ones that come to mind. You know, we talked about Kikau before. Uh, also down the bottom of the list, Madison ninety six. There's a big name. Um, you know, Big Tino's eighty eight. I mean, Haas at the moment's eighty six, but we know that's going to going to change. Um, but 
you know, there are a few players there that, 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 you know, you could say, oh, they could be higher up the list. But in general, what we're seeing is um, is players higher than what we think they, they should be. And, and, and we're seeing that flow on effect with the club. I just want to give you an idea here, Griffo. Um, I'm going to go through uh, the clubs now and let you know how many players each club has in the um, okay in the top yep. 100. You've done your homework, Grant. So, would you like me to go from least to most, just to make it a... We'll, we'll go from least okay, to most yeah. to, to build up to it. So, we've talked about the Panthers. The Panthers have three, which is interesting, considering that they uh, have been the team to beat. The Knights have four, and we talked about the Knights having four. They're four really big players. The Bulldogs have four. Titans, Seagulls, and Cowboys have five. Raiders have six. Warriors have six. Broncos have six. The Tigers, Storm, Sharks, and Roosters have seven. Rabbitohs and Eels have nine. And the club with the most players in the Rich 100 is the Dragons. Wow. Yep. So that gives you an idea. And I also thought it was interesting just to go through and have a look at some of the um, positions. The And I know there's more of them in each team, so it's a bit bit skewed, but we often talk about backs being the players that attract the money. Um, by position, the um, the most you know frequent position we see in the top 100 is props. There are 25 props on the list, uh, 22 yep. back rowers, um, four hookers, 10 halfbacks, 12 five-eighths, eight centers, seven wingers, seven fullbacks, and five that would be considered utilities. So, so sorry, again, how many props, Grant? 25. Okay. So we really, you could divide it by two because there's two props in each team. True. But you also, uh, you know, and, but you think... That's still more than halfbacks. I'll be honest with you. If you combine uh, the halves, so the halfbacks and the five-eighths, there's 10 halfbacks on the list and 12 five-eighths on the list. That'll give you 22. Um, you know, if, even if you combine the halves and the two most important players that you, you know, yeah. arguably have on the yeah. field, they're still below the prop. So it's very interesting to see that, um, that, that clubs are looking at the importance of having that go forward in a team and they're willing to pay big money to get on the front foot so that they're, um, their halves and their backs can, can hopefully do something once they get down the right end of the field. Yeah, well, <clears throat> um, it's, it's surprising, really. Surprising. I was surprised, yeah. Um, those props, they're not right at the top end, but there's a lot of them, as we said on those first few pages of that article. Uh, they dominate. Um and a lot of them, as we said, are playing little first grade. Um, Russell Packers, he was on the list, wasn't he? Yeah, he's there. Um... Yeah. And he doesn't play. So he's he's been a, a very expensive anchor almost to the West Tigers. And one of the reasons the Tigers fans are, are not overly happy with Ivan Cleary because they put his signing down to former coach Cleary. Yeah. And he's 38 on the list. Um, wow. They're, they're reporting $750,000. So, um, yeah, Russell Packer. 
Russell Packer, according to this report um, that we're going off here, is on the same money as uh, as yeah, as Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, there's a. Not sure if he has the uh, same impact. No, uh, I think. Uh, but it's not I his think... fault. No, it's clubs. He had a really good year at the Dragons. After he sort of, you know, he was out of the game for a while due to some of his off-field um, mistakes. Yep. And to his credit, he did his time, and he came back. And he, uh, he went through the uh, cutters. He had to play a season, I think, with the cutters. Did a great job. Then had a really good season at the Dragons. And then the Tigers offered him a, a very big uh, deal. And it's gone pear-shaped for the Tigers, uh, along with other deals. I mean, Moses Embai is, is another one. While he... Um, he he plays more often than Russell Packer does. Um, he doesn't play very well, um, and then and, and that's again been another anchor uh, for the Tigers. And Matalino was also signed on big money, but he got one of those medical retirements. And they also signed Josh Reynolds on on big money. Yeah, they were yeah. able to offload him to somewhere in England, but. The mistakes that that club, uh, the Muriel Club, have made um, still linger. But they, the problem is for them, and what they can't blame Cleary on is some of the signings that they've made in recent times, like BJ Lealua, yep. um, James Roberts. Now, James Roberts has played a bit first grade this year, but he's not a shadow of the player that he was. Yeah, they took a gamble on him. They did. And and they take a lot of gambles. And they're talking about signing to Vita Pangai Jr. Now, again, this is a guy that the Broncos want to offload because he's on big money. Um, I don't know to what extent they'd have to chip into his uh, contract for a year or two, but he's a guy that you just can't bank on. Mm. And again, they're going to spend big money on him, which takes up a big chunk of the cap, which means then all of a sudden it's not going to sort out any of the issues they, they have just in the make rest the of the field. Mistakes. I, I'm not looking at the Tigers saying, gee, they're, they're a good team, they're just a prop short. I'm not, you know, that's not the, the, the situation they're in. No. No. Anyway. Look. And what would be really interesting, Graham, is if I'd love it if they gave us every NRL player's contract. All 30 players from all 16 clubs. Mm. And then you can get a sense of, well, who is paying, getting paid under? And, and at the top of that list would buy, be Isaiah Papaliti, oh, who yeah. is a bargain basement signing from the Warriors. I think he's, you know, I think it was like 150,000. I don't know how many years they signed him for, but he is playing like a guy, you know, with the value of a seven hundred and fifty thousand or eight hundred thousand. Um, He's been in great form for Para. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's you know hats off there, obviously to to Para, but there was nothing really to suggest he was going to be that 
outstanding player that he currently is. He was just a toiler at the Warriors, um, but he's been a standout. And and the Parramatta um, coaching and administration must be absolutely um, tickled pink by the fact that they've got this guy who's arguably their best performer and they're paying him peanuts, yeah. um, relatively speaking. But obviously, uh, in his case, and I hope, you know, we only sign a one or two year deal so that he can um, he can get the money that that he deserves. But he get look to Paris credit, they gave him a chance. Um, and, and he'll obviously be thankful for that. But he's a guy who definitely needs an upgrade. Um, not knowing what other guys are on. You can't really say, oh, you know, this guy, they, they've got him really cheap. I think uh, yeah, Reese Walsh didn't come too expensive. Um, so the Warriors, they their luck was in there on Reese Walsh. Um, he would have come. No no one had really heard too much about him. But the, the Broncos let him go. And wouldn't they love to have him now uh, going forward? A guy at the start of his career who, you know, has the makings of a future superstar um, and the Warriors wouldn't be paying him too much. Yep. And yeah, another player I reckon who wouldn't be on much money, there's a few that come to mind because <clears throat> we know that other players at certain clubs are on big money. One I was thinking about is, um, is uh, William Kennedy from the Sharks. Good player. Very now, good He's player. a very good player. Now, I have no idea what he'd be on, but I could have a guess given the fact that blokes like, you know, Moylan Dugan, and so on and so forth are on an absolute mint, I'd say he'd be uh, making quite minimal money over there at the Sharks. Yeah, they did re-sign him um, maybe a month or so ago. Uh, okay. So you'd okay. certainly think that he would have been on a considerably upgraded contract um, with the likes of Obviously, Dugan on the on the way out the door. Mm. And do you think uh, next year, um, Nico Hines might be getting a decent deal from the Sharks? You'd think so. Um, but he's another player. Uh, they go at the Storm now. He wouldn't be on a lot yeah, of money. Wouldn't be on much at all. Playing, he's one of the top ten players in the NRL at the moment on performance. Um, um, reserved for the uh, New South Wales Blues side. Yeah, and deservedly so. Um, but the Broncos put in an offer, I believe, of around about 300000 And uh, obviously, they missed out on him. Mm. Um, yeah, so, on him. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to know what every player is earning. Yeah. Um, but it's probably unfair to those guys. But I believe in other sports, that sort of stuff is published in American sports and whatnot. Um, yeah, it, if you're a player and you buy that telegraph or you see access to it last week yeah, and you're thinking, uh, well, okay, I play in the same position as this guy and he's on double the money I get. Mm. Have a look at the Dally M's, and, you know, I'm, I'm on three times the number of points that guy's on. You, you, it, it would be a little bit upsetting but it makes uh, you think, hang on, maybe I, 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 I can try my, you know. Well, it's certainly got the potential to, and 
to destabilize um, in, in a club situation, uh, particularly like in some of these clubs, as we know, and you mentioned where they've got a number of guys who take up a very large percentage of the salary cap, meaning for the rest of the club, you got a lot of guys at the lower end uh, and, and thinking, well, you know, uh, this guy's literally earning five times what I'm earning. Let him do the work. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Why should I do that? He's getting the big bucks. Um, so, yeah, I, I see, you know, the publishing of these things not being a good thing from that perspective, but from a fan's perspective, it's very interesting. Yeah. No, very interesting indeed. Um, you know, it is interesting to talk about. At the end of the day, it, it's hard to... It's hard to really analyse it because often we see these players, like we said, um, you know, the, the clubs are taking a gamble on them. They're hoping that they're getting their return for their investment. However, we don't always see that. And sometimes we see see players that are well under that are in form and it's a bit of motivation. So, um, yeah, a bit, a bit interesting to talk about. But um, obviously, a lot of the real action's happening on the field. And uh, we've got a big, big game happening tomorrow. Um we got to get ready for the state of origin. All right, Griffo, let's do some uh, some talk on the origin game that's going to be happening tomorrow night, 8, 10 p.m. Now, the first thing we probably should talk about, uh, we haven't mentioned as of yet on the podcast, is the fact that this game's going to be taking place on the Gold Coast. So New South Wales actually have the opportunity to uh, do a clean sweep and... Uh, do so for the first time in front of uh, Queensland fans for all three games. Yeah. Um, It's potentially history in the making. It's unlikely that we're going to see all three games played in the one state in the future. I don't think anyone ever envisaged that happening. Um. So it's very unlikely, you'd have to say, that we're ever going to see all three games played in one state and the team that uh, is the visiting team wins all three games. Mm. Um, It hasn't happened yet. Um, And I guess, you know, we're we're sort of... I mean, the hype is there about it. But we've seen hype before and... You know, we've been disappointed uh, as Blues fans. Um, We thought, I think it was 2018, when the Blues um, had won the first two games, we thought they were going to go with a clean sweep, but it didn't happen. Um, This is something that rarely does happen, a clean sweep. In this millennium, it's only happened twice. Once for the Blues, I think back in the year 2000, and possibly 2010 for the Maroons. Even when they won eight in a row, eight series, there was only one of them where they actually uh, got the clean sweep. So this is, um, take out the fact that all games have been in, in Queensland, this, uh, this is a great opportunity for the Blues. And... Um, I, mean, I sincerely hope they uh, they're able to take it out, but 
it's just not going to happen. Queensland not going to lie down. So here you go. No. Here's a bit of history. We'll help you out here. It's not going to happen. They'll be doing their their absolute everything to um, to not be part of a team that will be tagged the worst Queensland team ever if this does happen. Um, I think you know that tag will will be there for those guys. Now they don't want to be remembered for that. So um, there's a lot to play for uh, on uh, on tomorrow night at Seabus. So Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast, Graham. Is that what it's called? That's the one, Seabus Super. Seabus. Okay. Just like Ivan at the Tigers, what wasn't it? He got off the bus. That one. He didn't. <laughs> He saw the bus come and he thought, I'm, not, I'm getting off this one. But uh, tomorrow night, big game. What are the teams, Graham? Okay, so first <coughs> of all, we'll go with the, um, well, originally they were going to be the home side, but I suppose now we can call them the visiting side and the New South Wales Blues. Uh, they're going for three in a row. At fullback, we've got James Tedesco with Brian Toto and Josh Adokar on the wings. Uh, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trebojevic will be in the centres with a new halves pairing of Jack Whiten and Mitchell Moses, which I'll get the thoughts of Griffo. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on that one in a moment. Um, forwards, we have Junior Paulo and Dale Finucan, uh will be coming in at prop. Damien Cook as the hooker, as he has been for the uh, entire series. Cam Murray, Tarek Sims and Isaiah Yo uh, locking the scrum. The interchange uh, coming in, well-deserved spot for Appy Coruscant on the interchange in number 14. We also see Angus Crichton and Payne Haas and Liam Martin on the interchange bench. Uh, just before I go on to the Queensland team, Griffo, I might get your thoughts on the New South Wales side. Obviously, um, this team has been dominant throughout the series, but uh, a lot of people argue that the key positions in any team are the number six and the number seven. We have a brand new halves pairing with both of the Penrith players out. Uh, Whiten and Moses got the nod. There was a lot of talk that it may have gone to the South Sydney halves. Whiten and Moses will get the job uh, tomorrow night. How do you think they're going to go? Yeah, it's... Uh, I must confess, I was of the belief once Luai got injured that... Uh, I would have went with the South's pairing because of the combination. Um, that's not a slight on Mitchell Moses. He, I do believe he deserves uh, to be a state of origin player. I just thought with all those rabbit holes already in the team, the likes of uh, the hooker, um, Damien Cook, centre Latrell Mitchell, second rower Cameron Murray, um, I just thought that that they would have went for that combination. Um, but in saying that, uh, those two guys are both older players. Um, and I guess with Whiten and, and Moses in their mid-20s, um, Freddie was looking at, at guys that you know are likely to, to play more origin football in the future. Um, this series has already won, but he does have a close relationship with Mitch Moses from uh, the last World Cup when uh, when he was the coach of Lebanon and, and Moses was uh, the main man for that Lebanese team and they did really well. So 
does have that association. I think Moses, um, I, as I said, I, I, I don't begrudge him the spot. Um, <clears throat> had, um, had Jerome Luai not got injured, um, I probably would have went with Mitch Moses as the halfback simply because, you know, you, you weren't going to sack Luai because mm. clearly got injured. Um, but, you know, uh, Jack White, and I think he's a little lucky, to be honest. Um, his form's been poor. He, uh, he has been part of the squad, obviously, and that counted for a lot. He'd been on the bench at number 14, not seen too much game time. Um, he has been part of this Blues team for a few years, but I thought he had a very poor series in 2020. Um, and he, I don't think he got too much criticism for, for what he did in that series. I, I thought he, he copped an absolute bath from Gagai. Um, but look, we know he's a quality player. Um, the fact that he's in a winning Blues lineup is going to help. And probably you'd think it's going to bring out the best in him the fact that he's got all these really good players around him. Um, I don't think Whiten and Moses will dictate the result. I think the result will be dictated by what the centers do along with fullback James Tedesco. I think Mitch Moses and Jack Whiten, they've just got to play a solid game. Um, like we saw Cleary and Luai do in game two, where they didn't do really anything special, but they just allowed the team to function and got the ball out to those attacking weapons. Um, I like the look of this blue side. Obviously, they, they go in as, as raging hot favourites based on the fact that they won the first two games convincingly. Uh, interesting change there with Dale Finucane listed at prop um, in the number 18 jersey. Um, talked about the fact that, well, I think last week we talked about the fact that Stefano was an interesting selection on the extended bench. Mm. Um, so they went from having three big men um, they didn't bring in a, a new prop. Uh, they brought in Dale Fanuk, and he's going to be playing as a prop. He can do that job, no doubt about it. Um, they may lack a little bit of punch through the middle, um, but their defense will be strengthened by Fanuk and being there. Um, he's been there before. He's a winner, and uh, I, I think you know he, he's going to play well. He's the vice captain of the side as well. Um, when you've te your team's got the likes of James Tedesco, Latrell Mitchell, and Tom Trebojevic, you're going to always be hard to beat. Look at the two wingers as well. You've got the best winger in the game in Josh Adokar, and you've got the blockbusting superstar of the future in Brian. Well, I shouldn't just say the future. He's a superstar now. He's the main man for me to eat in, in the NRL. There were a lot of questions about him because of his height. Um, 
and he's just eating up the meters in state of origin, scoring tries off. You know, when you've got a guy like Latrell Mitchell inside you, you you can't ask for much more, really, can you? Um, the New South Wales forwards have been outstanding. Cameron Murray's defence has been amazing. Isaiah Yo with his ball play through the middle has been a a great thing for New South Wales and. Look at the bench there. Um, Liam Martin, Payne Haas, Angus Crichton, and Appy. Um, interesting, Graham, how they'll use Appy. Yeah, how do you think probably, he, Yeah, what do you think there? What's, what's his role going to be? Well, I think we'll see him come on. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> bar an injury. Um, I think we'll see him come on with maybe five to ten minutes before half time when the Queenslanders are getting a little bit tired. And... Um, yeah, I think that's how Freddie will use him. Um, does he's he come a very, on, very does good Does he come defender. on for Cook? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, and Cook's been good. But if Cook knows he's not going to be playing for 80 minutes, then he's going to go harder with his running game, you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, knowing that he doesn't have to um, preserve energy. So... And then you just bring a guy like Corey Sal on who's going to do the same sort of job for you. Um, the alternate is that, you know, they could play uh, Appy, I guess, as a, maybe a, a lock forward or... But it depends on injuries. If they get an injury in the back line, they've got some issues. Uh, Appy has played in the halves in the past, but uh, if you get an injury to a Tommy Turbo or a Luttrell... Mm. Uh, you'd have to probably look at a guy like Cameron Murray to yeah. play in the centres or perhaps Isaiah Yo, who, who you know, has played in the centres. Mm, maybe a Crichton. Crichton could do the job as well. Mm, it's not ideal, <coughs> but... But I think Crichton, they're probably looking at him more as a, a middle forward, given that, you know, the only uh, prop they've got on the bench is Payne Haas. Again, Liam Martin could possibly play that role as a middle, but um, yeah, hopefully injuries don't don't play a role in, in where Appy is having to play. Uh, I see short minutes for Appy. Yeah, as I said, five to ten before half time, um, and maybe a few minutes into the second half, and they bring Cook back on. Um, but. Uh, it's a winning team, I think. Mm. Well, they come uh, up against. I, I was going to say that they're coming up against the the Maroons um team now. Uh, many Queenslanders have uh, have argued, and 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 I can see the the definite um substance to this argument that this is the best team that they've fielded this series. That's what they said in the last game, and that's what they said in yeah. the game before that. Well, that that they might they might be heading in the right direction here, and I think one. One player that uh, th- that indicates that's their fullback, Caelan Ponga. Uh, he's he's in the Maroon side. That's a big boost for Queensland. The wingers for this game are going to be Holmes and Xavier Coates. Dane Gagai and uh, Tabuai Fado, the hammer, uh, will be in the centres with Munster and Cherry Evans in the halves. Up front, they've got Welch and Papali'i. That's uh, Josh Papali'i, of course, um, as the props. Ben Hunt at hooker. Capewell in its second row. 
with Kafusi joining him and Jai Arrow locking the scrum. On the interchange, they also welcome back Alexander Brimson. Uh, they've also got Big, to- uh, Big Tino, uh, Fotuaka, and David Fafita. Um, well, Graham, um, I'm, I'm looking at the same list as you. That list needs to be seriously updated uh, for two reasons. One, Jai Arrow, we haven't talked about yes. him yet. Yes. Jai Arrow and the Dancer. Yes, that uh, was a bit of news we haven't talked about. We know Jai yeah. Arrow won't be part of this team. That's a that's a good point there, Griffo. Now, um, David Fafita suspended. David Fafita suspended. So looking at their extended uh, bench here, now I'll, I don't know if we've got... Have we got official word on who's going to replace them? You'd imagine it'd be Francis Molo and yeah, Thomas Flegler coming in. Flegler. With Kurt and, Mann as 18th man. Yeah, but that, I did read somewhere yesterday that Cohen Hess was called into the squad. Yes. He did play on the weekend, uh, similar to what we saw Ben Hunt with game one, yep. where he got to play and then got called in late. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Um, now, a lot of people will be upset that their players couldn't play for their club. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. Like... Uh, and, and I think you've got to think that, you know, that they knew. Well, well, everybody knew before round seventeen, or you know, that that uh, Arrow was out. Yeah. And they didn't bring anyone in then. And then uh, also they would have known Fafita was out because mm. that uh, judiciary hearing took place, I think, last Tuesday. So. I think they should, if they're going to say, well, okay, we're going to bring so-and-so in, that should have happened. And they should not have played, or in this case, Cohen S, should not have been able to play for his team last weekend. Yeah. I mean, you know, Penrith could have been benefited when they played the Tigers before game one. have said, oh, Appy, you're actually, uh, you're not in the 17. You go and play for them and, if you get through, then you can come and, and sit on an extended bench. You know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not happy about the fact that they they've been able to do this. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's a fair enough call, Griffo. And yeah, and just to give people a bit of uh, a bit of an update, um, and Paul Green uh, on what's yesterday, Monday, Monday it would have been. Um, I think the word he was giving to the media was that Tino will uh, start at lock and Flegler will play on the bench with Molo coming in for Fafita. Yep. That's the that's the latest. So, I mean, obviously we've got that whole situation. I mean, last week we talked about the Dragons. Jai Arrow this week, uh, I know we'll talk about it a bit because it has implications for the NRL and there are massive things happening in the NRL in regards to moving Sydney clubs and whatnot that we're going to cover in more depth on our NRL episode on Thursday. But just in regards to the impact of this game, um, for Queenslanders, they're looking for a little bit of bit of pride. Uh, they want to win this game. Having something like this Jairo situation happen, it's, 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 it's first of all, it's mind-blowing, and second of all... Um, yeah, if you're a Queensland fan, you, you're not happy. You know, you're not happy. Um, Jai Arrow is a really good footballer. And he is a guy that 
for Queensland to have their best team on the field, he's got to be in it. Yeah. Um, and he's not there. Now, um, I, 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 every time I've heard Jay Arrow interviewed, he comes as across as a, a really good guy. Um, he's made a mistake, obviously, that's costed him severely. Yeah. He's missing out on playing for, for Queensland and forget the 15,000. But I think the value of the jersey is more for a guy like Jai Arrow um, than, than the, the cost of the, 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 his match fee. But he's also been fined, I believe, 35,000. So financially, it's cost him at least 50 grand. Um, you'd hope the dancer is a really good dancer. She'd want to be. Uh, you know, a prima ballerina <laughs> because that's an expensive performance. <coughs> um, the other thing for Arrow is uh, I believe the dancer was not uh, his partner. Um, now, his partner is a former Miss Australia Um and you'd have to think that former Miss Australia is probably not overly happy um, with the Arrow uh, having a dancer in his room. Um, now, I don't know whether the former Miss Australia dances, and I, I dare say she probably doesn't. And that's why he had a dancer in his room. So He's I mean, outsourced. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I like to watch chicks dance too. But... I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it costing me fifty grand. You know, no, that's that's an expensive. That's a, yeah. Oh, look, you'd 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 get the best dancer in the world. I still wouldn't pay fifty grand for a dancer, or fifty bucks maybe to watch a chick <laughs> dance. But you know, look, I feel sorry for him. To be honest, I mean, yeah, he's stuffed up. He's copped it from from everywhere. Yeah. He knows he made a mistake. Um, would he be feeling uh, this if, if he didn't get outed? I dare say not. Um, again, like last week, I'll say the same. that I dare say that there have been other players who've committed indiscretions, but we just didn't hear about him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He got busted. Um You'd have to say that uh, poor old Jay's probably not the smartest of young men. Um, yeah, I, I do feel for him though, because as I said, like we all make mistakes, um, but when your mistake gets so heavily publicised and you're just copping it from everywhere, uh, let alone the financial cost involved. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a problem for that young man, and I do uh, do hope he's okay. Um, it is also a problem for the guys wearing maroon because he's one of their better players, um, and it you know it, it detracts from. And you mentioned you know you thought this was the best seventeen. Well, it's been everyone keeps coming out and saying that it's a better team than they had last time. They said that in game two. Hmm. Still not good enough, though. 
No, they could have the every best Queenslander in there, and I still don't think they win. But it makes it tougher when you got guys like Arrow missing, Fifi to missing. Um, there's still no, blows, still though. no Harry Grant due to injury. Yeah. Um, you know, they're a chance of winning. They're a chance of winning. I just can't see it happening. Um, yeah, I just think too many. Uh, even New South, look, New South Wales are not going to be as strong without Cleary and Luai, without that combination. Um, and they're also missing the key uh, prop forward who's been really good for them, Daniel Safiti. Yeah. Um, they're going to miss him, uh, his size and, and his, uh, his power game. So New South Wales, this 17 is not as strong as what we saw in the previous games. But I still think they're a better side than Queensland. And I think, uh, I can't remember what score I put down. It might have been something like 30 to 12 or something like that. Well, how do you see it going, Graham? Yeah, I, I see a New South Wales win. Um, the, the the point we you know that I, I was sort of making there is, yes, they've, they've got a better team. They've got some key players back. Um, you know, Ponga, so on and so forth, but I still see New South Wales dominating. I think the big question mark for New South Wales is how well the halves can combine and service the outside backs. We've seen some great, um, some great play from Luai and Cleary, uh, really balancing the halves and linking up with the outside backs. Um, I think with the pick the score, I went 26 to 12. I don't know if I see as many points in the Blues with the uh, with the first choice halves missing in a brand new combination. And also to, um, you know, the, the form of Whiten hasn't really excited me to no end. Uh, I think that he's going to have to step up. And um, I worry it puts a little bit of pressure on um, on Moses then. You know, look, if if they can win the forward battle, which I think is the biggest challenge for Queensland, then, um, you know, then obviously there's some there's still some class in this team with, you know, Munster and Ponga. Um, I think you look at that backline, Graham, and yeah. you think, you know, there is points in it. That's I, been their problem. They only scored one try in, uh, you know, you know, in uh, 160 minutes of rugby league in the first two games, one try for Queensland. But you look at that and you think, well, Ponga, Holmes, Gagai, Tabua, Fido, the Hammer, Colts, Munster, Cherry Evans. You think there's points there? Yeah, and that's a, and that's what we we've been saying yeah. in a sense that um, you know this Queensland team. I remember we went through this team. It might have been after Origin two. And we were talking about, you know, changes and what would you do? And we were saying, well, of the players that were available, there's no one else really that you'd you'd pick, you know. Like, we, we talked about Papali, Welsh, like, they're the props you'd have. Okay, Hooker's a bit different with Hunt, and I know they've got a few players out in the back row. But there's still some quality football players in this side. Um I just don't know if they've got the quality of that uh, that Blues back line. Uh, we talked about, after game one, the possibility that, um, you know, this, this back line, and I'll, I'll talk exclusively now about one through to five because we know we've got an untested halves combination. 
we've talked about this possibly being the best best backline ever for New South Wales. Hard to argue. Most dangerous. Definitely hard to argue from one to five if there's ever been a better combination. I don't think there has. No. And I've I've been watching Origin since 1980. Yep. Yeah, you've seen them all. So look, you'd you'd have to go with the Blues in this one. I think it's the Maroons' best chance this series of getting a win. But I think there's too many players that are going to be just keen and hungry to impress. Um, players like Api Corusau, I think he's going to be really keen to impress. Dale Finucane, he can really um, make a point of being included and show that he's uh he's worth that um that inclusion. I think that. You know, I know there's a lot of football between now and next year's series, but a great performance at Origin gives the uh, gives the selectors and the coach uh, plenty of reasons to pick you. I think if White and Moses have have great games, there could be pressure on Luai, depending on what's happening this time next year, to to partner um, Cleary. You know, if you want to have the best players there, so um, we've got we've got players that not only want to win this game, but also put forward their, um, I suppose, put, put, put forward their names as, as, as long-term players in this New South Wales squad. Yeah, I agree. I think the most important thing for Mitchell Moses is his kicking game. Yeah. Because um, when he's on, he's on, but he's not always on. Yeah. I, I think if, he's, if his kicking game is good... Queensland don't have a chance. Yeah, we know Cleary's done the job with the kicking game. Um, I don't know if there's anyone's got better kicking game. Maybe Adam Reynolds um, than than Nathan Cleary at the moment. But uh, so that's the key for Mitch Moses. Don't have to overplay his hand. Um, he's just got to make sure he's got the kicking game right and that he gets the ball where it needs to go at the right time. And where it needs to go is the hands of Latrell Mitchell, Tom Trebojevic, and James Tedesco. Um, If you're Mitchell Moses, um, he is under a little bit of pressure, obviously. But he's not under as much pressure as if the series was on the line. Um, so he's coming into a team that's already won the series. He's just got to do his job. He doesn't have to be the best player on the field. Don't have that sort of pressure. He's just got to get a strong kicking game. And obviously his defense has got to be uh, up to scratch. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll do the job. <coughs> I think he's, he's, he's a good player. Um, and if he does get the job done, the big beneficiaries not only are the Blues tomorrow night, but the big beneficiaries are the Blue and Golds, um, mm. because this is a chance for him to establish himself as a big game player. Yes, and uh, he hasn't yeah. yet done that. He's a very good player at club level. Very, very good player, but. You know, that question mark behind the name Mitch Moses has always been about can he get the job done in the big games? And currently, 
the answer to that is no. Um, but if he gets the job done tomorrow night, there's no he doesn't have to be the man of the match. He's just got to lead that team around the park, and uh, and they win. That's that's as simple as that. Um, so it 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 could be um, the making of this guy um, if he you know if he gets the job done in this game. But for a long time, it was the same about Nathan Cleary. Was the big criticism of him was that he didn't get the job done in the big games. Well, that criticism can't be there anymore. No, not, not rightly. I mean, some people still will say that, but he's performed uh, very well in the state of origin, yep. uh, including game two last year, where he was man of the match, um, and he certainly got the job done this year. And in game two, he, he was under significant duress due to his shoulder injury, but he he stayed out there. And he got the job done. And that's all Mitch Moses has to do. Cleary, you know, he wasn't spectacular in, in game two. But he had the kicking game, made his tackles in most cases with one shoulder. Um, so that's all Moses has got to do. And I think he's more than capable of getting the job done for the Blues. But we'll be interesting to see how he goes. Because he did come out sort of whether... You know, people were asking him directly questions, but before the team was selected, he was basically saying he's the man, you know? Yep. Um, so, yeah, that sort of puts pressure on yourself, but I think you mm. come out and uh, do that. But, yeah, I guess tomorrow night we'll know one way or the other. Um, um, it's also an opportunity for Jack Whiten to stand up. Yeah. Because I think part of uh, and, the Moses role will be to take the pressure off White. <laughs> yeah, well, Whiten's a different sort of... He's basically a runner. Yeah, it's your traditional 5-8 um, half, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they'll have to combine too much. Because um, ultimately, all they've got to do is get the ball to the guys from one through to five, especially the one, three, four. Yeah. And then, you know, Whiten, we know his strength is he's running game close to the line. Uh, Mitch Moses, he's got a good running game too. He's got a very good running game. Um, but his main thing tomorrow night is to get the kicking game right. Uh, I'm, I've got to confess, Graham, I'm not as pumped at this point in time as I had been for the previous games, knowing that we've already won the series. Yeah. Um, but I will be pumped tomorrow night. I'll be switching yep. it on yep. here with, uh, you know, a viewing audience of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the lockdown. Uh... Yeah. 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 So there'll be, uh, I mean, you know, thinking, you know, just thinking, you know, we were going to be going to the, you, you yes, know, you know, the tickets, and uh, of course, circumstances change. But uh, I would have been more pumped if it was on at the uh, stadium Australia, and we were going tomorrow night. Oh, for sure. So, but we'll just have to do that next year. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's blues all the way for me, and uh, I, ha I have no sympathy for the Maroons at all. They've had their time when. 
you know, eight in a row. Um, this will be one in a row for the Blues. <laughs> so uh, we've got a long way to go. It's, it's the start. <laughs> it's the start. But, um, you know, if they can if they can pump them again tomorrow night, they even though it's only one in a row, they do, they'll go down in history and it'll never happen again. Never happen again where an away team had to play all of their games in the opposing state and they won them all. Yep. And it will, won't happen again. No, no, it's, it's, it's really a unique situation. Um, and, and, and also too, given the fact that, um, yeah, we've got these players that, uh, uh, you know they've moved up to to Queensland. The whole league has basically been moved out of out of New South Wales. So it's not just this game. We'll have a bit of a chat about that uh, on Thursday when we talk about the NRL. But uh, I think we're both pretty confident in this one, Griffo, that New South Wales will get the job done, and we're very hopeful. Uh, we're very excited for a big game, and um, yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to uh, tomorrow night. I know I'll be watching. Uh, very keenly. Yeah. Just on the, the location change, Graham, of course, it was went from Sydney to Newcastle. Yeah. And then, then I feel sorry for the Novocastrians. They would have been really excited about it, but being taken away. But again, I think the venue actually is going to suit the Blues. More chance is going to be have a drier track there. We talked about it before yep. the Townsville game. Yeah. But you're not going to have the dew on the ground, and that suits the uh, the X Factor men of the New South Wales Blues. Um, you're also, I think, being at the Gold Coast. I think you're going to find there's a very sizable contingent of the crowd that will be yeah. wearing blue because yeah, I agree. Uh, um, you know, all of those population centres in northern New South Wales. Yeah, you know, you from Coffs Harbour, maybe even a bit further south. Up, they're going to think, "Gee, we've only got to go an hour or two to get to this yeah. game." Um, you're going to think a lot of Queenslanders are going to think, oh, "Why do we want to go and watch our team get pumped again?" I'd be disappointed if we don't see forty to fifty percent of that crowd who are blue supporters. Um, obviously, no one from Sydney. But, you know, that northern part of New South Wales, there's a lot of people who live up there, as yep. well as a lot of expats uh, in, in southeast Queensland as well, who will see this as their opportunity to uh, to get to go and, and see a, a state of origin game that they may not have otherwise got to see. Yep. So uh, it'll be interesting, um, really interesting to see the, the makeup of the crowd. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite the home game for Queensland that that a game in Townsville or, or even to a lesser extent uh, Brisbane is, um, but uh, not too far to go for for uh, for the for the people of Northern New South Wales, and and the borders aren't shut to those guys that they, they can go across the border and uh, and be home uh, the same night. Yep, no, definitely. So, you know, that northern New South Wales area, as you said, you know, you got your uh, Grafton, Byron, all those areas yeah, up there. I think it's only, I think it's only about, heads. I think it's only about, uh, what, three and a half hours from Coffs Harbour to, yeah, to the Gold Coast. So, you know, it's, um, 
It's definitely. Uh, oh, look! If I lived up there, I'd be. I would have been getting tickets for sure. Yeah. Um, especially, you think you're going to see a win. Yes, and it's not something. And what you got to understand too is, um, you know that 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 opportunity. Yes, you have the games in Brisbane and whatnot, but it's a bit different. This one. This one was the Sydney game. It's the New South Wales technically their their game that was supposed to be in Sydney. They've got the series wrapped up. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for those people of northern New South Wales to uh, be a part of it, which uh, is usually difficult for them with the games being down in Sydney. Absolutely. Yep. No, it's definitely something to look forward to, Griffo. Um, I think that'll just about do us this week. We've uh, we've covered the origin, obviously, the top 100 paid players. Uh, on Thursday, make sure that you tune back in. Um, Thursday night, we'll record the... Uh, what we'd, we'd, we'd traditionally uh, call our episode for the week. So uh, hopefully Shano's back on board. We'll do a bit of a review of the state of origin uh, and we'll look forward to the NRL games on the weekend. Absolutely. I've just got one last question, Grant. Two questions, actually. Yep. Who's your man of the match and who's your Wally Lewis medal winner? Okay, so the Wally Lewis medal winner, that's for Queensland. No, no. Oh, you talking about player of the series? Oh, player of the series. Sorry, I got I'm confused. Did Queensland have one for their own team? They would, but yeah, I, think, I can't remember who I think that's named the after. Wally Lewis. I think the Wally it is Lewis is for Wally's, the uh, the player of the series. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm going to give you the it can't same. be Billy Slater. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got to play at least one game. Um. <coughs> the player of the series and the man of the match, I'm going to give you the same name. I think that James Tedesco is going to be uh, pivotal in this game, especially considering the halves are missing. Uh, he will, I think, be the best player on field. And given his form in the series thus far, particularly uh, game two, I think he'll be the player who uh, gets the Wally Lewis medal. Well, he's already got... Uh... We got man of the match in game two. We saw Tommy Turbo man of the match in game one, and a guy who hasn't yet got a man of the match but has been outstanding in, in Latrell Mitchell. Um, one of those guys, one of those guys will get the Walla Lewis medal. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see which one. But uh, uh, Latrell hasn't got a man of the match yet. I just think. Turbo myself. I think Turbo does it again and will take out the Wally Lewis medal. There you go. Well, plenty of big names there. And really, you, you look at how they've been going through the series. It could be any of those players. Um, it be interesting to see who uh, who stands up uh, and and becomes the, you know, the, the player of the series. Uh, Surely it's going to be a New South Welshman. They can't take so. that away from us. You, you never so. know. As yeah. happened before. Yeah, that's true. So um, I think, was it Cameron Munster got it last year from memory? Deservedly so. Yeah. Deservedly so. But the year, was it the, I think the year before, or it might have been 2018, the year that Billy Slater got it. Yeah, I New think South that was 2018. Wales won the series. Yeah. Um. Billy Slater didn't play in the first game and somehow, somehow managed to be player of the series in a series that his team did not win. That's correct. Um, and he only played two games. I, I was bewildered. Yeah. I mean, it's not his fault. He didn't 
name the player of the series, but it was it, it, I thought it was a shambles. Yeah. And one of the reasons why uh, I'm not a huge fan of of the of, of awards. I mean, I understand they sh- they should be there, but got to get it right. Yeah. So anyway, either of those three guys, Turbo, Teddy, or Latrell, yeah, and, but no one would be able to argue. You, yeah, that, and that's that. That's true. I mean, and and really, uh, if if he wasn't out of this game, I'd probably say Nathan Cleary would be a fair show of that. But obviously, he's not there as well. Yeah. Yep. And um, I'll tell you, Walker. If I was living in the past a little bit, I just had a look at this with the Wally Lewis medal. It was exclusively for the Queensland Player of the Series, and I thought, oh, that that, that must have been up until quite recently. Um, that was up until two thousand and three. So I'm well out of date. Uh, from 2004 onwards, that has been for the best player of the series. So, um, yeah, so originally New South it was... Wales player of the series, of course, is the Brad Fittler medal. That's true, yes. And now, I think la- last year it was Nathan Cleary who won that uh, yep. that particular accolade, and deservedly so. Yeah, so, yeah. look, whoever gets it tomorrow night, I'm assuming it's going to be a New South Wales player, they'll be the... They'll only be the fifth player to win the Wally wow. Lewis medal. Uh, previous winners, uh, Fitzgibbon in 2004, Minicello 2005. Then uh, they had to wait until 2014 when Paul Gallen won the award. And then in 2019, James Tedesco won for New South Wales. So it's Slim pickings, really, isn't it? Yep, and... Um, in that time since the award has been given for both Queensland and New South Wales players, uh, the only player to win from a losing state was Billy Slater. <laughs> so, bit of yeah. trivia for you. Good little tidbit. Uh, if you like your tidbits, we'll have more, hopefully, uh, on Thursday. But uh, I think that'll just about do us, mate. Uh, so. The next step is Origin, and uh, we hope that everyone enjoys the game tomorrow night, and uh, we hope you uh, keep safe. Thanks, guys and girls all around the world. Talk to you in two days' time. <laughs>